Hello, and welcome to Ditching Hourly. I'm Jonathan Stark. Today, I'm joined by guest Alice Lee Yoon. Alice is a prospective PhD student, and her research looks at the link between time, money, and employee happiness. Her papers have been published in leading journals such as Current Opinion in Psychology and Academy of Management Journal, and her works have also been covered in Harvard Business Review, Psychology Today, and New York Magazine. Please stay tuned for my interview with Alice Lee Yoon. Alice, welcome to the show. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Could you tell folks a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, so I'm Alice Lee Yoon, and I'm going into my PhD this year studying about employee well-being and how they make time and money trade-offs impact their happiness. Hmm. Well, definitely in the right place here. So uh, <laughs> we, uh, I guess we met, air quotes, over email Uh, In response to an article I read that linked to um, a paper that you and Ashley Willens wrote. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. Uh, That paper was called Making Seconds Count When Valuing Time Promotes Subjective Well-Being. Could you kind of tell folks just a, a little summary of what the paper is about and then maybe talk about how you came to write it? Yeah, sure. Um, so there, there has been this notion that our time equals money, if you have heard about it. But a lot of research shows that thinking of our time as money leads to various negative well-being consequences, whereas valuing our time more than money enhances our well-being. So in our paper, we're basically trying to put all these evidence together from past research to, pro- to propose a conceptual framework showing how valuing our time more than money versus valuing our time like money impacts our happiness in different ways, which I think we're going to be talking about. We'll be talking about more in a second. Yeah, this is great because for over a decade, I've been kind of railing against hourly billing. And I, and I had lots of anecdotal evidence that it was a bad thing. And theoretically, you can point to dozens of reasons why it's a bad idea for the client and for the 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 seller and the buyer and and the success of the project that they're undertaking. Um, But to to suddenly fall into what looks like a giant pile of research that scientifically uh, sort of proves or agrees with that uh, my stance was pretty exciting. Um, Mm -hmm. At the end of the paper, you listed, I think it's 31 different references, I guess. I'm not really academic. I don't, are these footnotes or references or other papers? Like what are the, what are all the things you're linking to at the end there? Yeah. So these are reference from past papers, all showing how valuing our time more than money improves well-being versus valuing our time like money or thinking about the economic value of time undermines our well-being. So yeah, those are all the research showing the same type of evidence. Can you describe what you, sort of in a a more elaborate way, what you mean by valuing time like money versus valuing time more than money? Because a lot of people are just, a lot of people's heads are spinning. They're like, what, what does that even mean? Right. When we're valuing time like money, I'm saying like thinking about the economic value of time. And when people are thinking about the economic value of time, they're thinking about how much money their time is worth. So um, for example, if if I decide to invest an hour of my time volunteering, I'm thinking about the monetary returns of my decisions to volunteer. And of course, volunteering is an uncompensated activity. So 
when people think about the economic value of time, they tend to volunteer less compared to people who value time more than money. And I think I should also talk about the trade-offs between time and money. So valuing time more than money involves this thinking of trade-offs. And because time and money are both precious and scarce resource, in a typical day, we constantly face trade-offs between time and money. And an example of this might be to decide whether to spend time on a Saturday morning doing chores or to pay for a house cleaning service instead. And this is a more mundane type of um, example, but this time and money trade-off also applies to major life events. Um, For example, one might choose a higher paying job that demands longer work hours, or one could choose to make less money and have more free time. So you can see that in these examples that one resource comes in the expense of the other resource. And if you choose to have more time, then you might end up spending more money and vice versa. And people who value time more than money, um, what I mean by that is they are choosing to have more time at the expense of having more money. You're preaching to the choir with me, that's for sure. I I can remember, you know, when I was getting paid, when I did think like time is money, when I would do something like go on vacation, the whole time I'd be thinking, instead of like enjoying the vacation, the whole time I'd be thinking like how much money I was losing, air quotes. Right, (laughs) right. And another thing that I I see with folks who freelance, and this is maybe a little bit more, more businessy or technical, not so much like emotional well-being, but people tend to discount their time. And I don't mean discount, like charge less for it. They discount it as a cost and they'll think, um, oh, I'm making uh, $200 an hour while I do this. And they'll think from a business standpoint, they'll think of that as profit. When in fact, it's not profit, it's not all profit, maybe a little bit of it is, but for example, well, actually, that's an interesting question for you. Do you get into, uh, or do any of the studies get into the difference between someone who charges very little per hour and someone who charges a lot per hour relatively? Um, We do look at performance incentives, if that is related to your question. It may or may not be. What, What do you mean by that? So one factor that promotes an economic value of time is hourly wage, Mm -hmm. but also performance incentives um, has the same mechanism with hourly wage. So if people are paid for better performance and if they're paid a commission or a bonus for their work, they become more, um, they kind of adopt this mindset focused on maximizing productivity and that leads them to work more hours and um, this, these all sorts of um, activities that are known to undermine well-being, like volunteering less and socializing less. And um, yeah, if that is kind of answering your question. Yeah, it does. It, it actually gets at a, an upcoming question I had about productivity, uh, which that, that now explains it. Because there's a, a point in the, in the paper where you mentioned that it does lead to mac- tr- attempting to maximize productivity, which actually didn't make... It didn't click with me mm-hmm. from an hourly standpoint, but it does from a bonus. Um, when, you, when you say productivity, I take it to mean like efficiency, Is but is that not correct? Um, what we mean by productivity is also it could mean efficiency, but also like thinking how we should spend our time in order to maximize the financial returns that we get. So instead of 
investing our time in close social relationships, maybe people would want to spend more time with their colleagues because that would be more likely to earn them more money or give them more success at work. Right. Yeah. From a from a freelance standpoint, where you uh, many people are sort of on their own, uh, working by themselves, and in, in lots of cases remotely, the you know how productive they are in a given hour is irrelevant because it's because it's irrelevant because you get paid for the hour. It doesn't matter how productive you are. It's not even often. It's not even measured. Uh, it's I think a little bit different than um, an hourly wage type of situation. So actually, that's an interesting question because the the article that I read was called "The Psychological Trap of Freelancing" by Charlotte Cowles or Cowles, and she talked about her mental state as a freelancer and uh, coming across your paper and some of the other research and how it 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 just led to just a negative state of mind. Is that it, and is that how much of that do you think, um, how do I ask this question? So uh, of the, you are studying a broader population than, than I typically pay attention to. It sounds like you're in the, and this article by Charlotte is about freelancers. She references your paper, but it sounds like your research is much larger than just freelancers or self-employed individuals. It sounds like it also includes thing, you know, people who punch the clock basically for an employer. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so we're basically looking at um, just people in general or um, more specifically, we also look at hourly versus non-hourly workers and people who are paid by their performance. And yes, so I'm a little less familiar with freelancers, but I guess like they're all kind of on a similar page. <laughs> yeah, that totally makes sense to me. I, there's perhaps to me, there's this is just, I'm just guessing, but I would imagine um, just from past experience that the, that working by the hour sort of on the clock in, say, a warehouse as a full-time employee is uh, related to, but has some significant differences between that and, say, someone who's doing web design in their basement by the hour. You know, there's um, um, from a, for multiple clients, perhaps uh, remotely, there's, I mean, there's a million differences between those two kinds of jobs, but ha having done both of those, uh, I can think back to the same kind of mentality where when I charged for the hour by either one of those, even though in one case I was running a business essentially and in the other I was working for someone else's business, it still has this, it's like, it's hard to describe. It's a very mercenary mindset. If that's how I would describe it. It sort of feels like, um, I, I don't want to even, uh, anytime I'm off the clock, I want to get back on the clock because I feel like I'm losing money every, you know, whether it's on vacation or whether, uh, I'm, I'm interrupted on my way to lunch by someone who, you know, someone I haven't seen in a while and they're chatting, chatting, chatting. And I'm like, this is costing me $10 a minute to talk to you, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah, that's a really good example of the economic value of time because you're thinking about how much money your time is worth and thinking about like how much that would give you money if you're spending your time in other ways, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't feel healthy. It feels like a really <laughs> unhealthy way to be to to think. It's it's not mm -hmm. a good feeling. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are a lot of research showing like why that is unhealthy for you. Um, so, for example, if you're thinking about the monetary value of your time, you again adopt a mindset focused on maximizing productivity, and that leads to various outcomes that undermine your well-being. For example, one in one paper. They tested hourly versus non-hourly workers. And in the study, the researchers found that when you're paid by the hour, you tend to think about the monetary value of your time. And that leads to um, not engaging in uncompensated activities like volunteering. But volunteering is known to increase your happiness um, and your life satisfaction and meaning in life. And also, when you're thinking about the the economic value of your time, you tend to spend less time with your loved ones, like family and friends, but you spend more time doing work and socializing with colleagues, which is known to be just a little less good for your happiness. It does increase your happiness by socializing, but less than your loved ones, like family and friends. So, Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense when you say it. But I think some people will hear that and think that, well, yeah, you know, they're thinking to themselves, oh, well, yeah, I would like to do that, that, but I have to work. I have to like, like that they're not even connecting the, the two, like that they're mutually exclusive, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So the, one of the things that uh, the, probably the primary theme of this podcast over the years has been that, that it's not a binary decision. So if, if you do charge based on your time, some time unit, it's usually hours, but you know, lawyers leaving you down to six minute increments, 10th of an hour. So if you, if you connect that with your income, then this mindset is an almost inevitable outgrowth of that. It's certainly difficult to escape outgrowth of that mindset. And it, it tends to lead to, uh, I'm not going to say depression, but like less happiness, mm-hmm. but they see it as like, most people see it as like a, well, it's not a choice. Like I don't have a choice. I have to, I have to work. I have to make an income and hourly is how you do it. And the theme of the show is like, well, no, you could disconnect your time from your money and give a price for a particular say project or a particular service and disconnect your time from your money so that you don't feel like every hour that ticks off the clock where you weren't on the clock, you've lost that money. It allows you to, to just give a price to someone for something. And then you deliver that something, uh, as, as quickly as you can quickly and effectively and at a high quality as you can. And that leaves it. It's hard to describe, but it takes away that false choice between like, well, yeah, I'd like to spend time with my kids, but we have all these bills. So I have to, I have to work more hours, not even harder. I mean, it's harder to work more hours in a week, but in each individual hour, there's no measure of hardness of working for, for freelancers and and consultants. It's like, you just put in the time and you do a good job to the extent that you, you know, to, to your own standard. And then at the end, hopefully you finish uh, in time for the client to be happy. But if you, uh, and what I'm struggling to, to mm-hmm. call out here is that you don't have to charge by the hour. You could charge by the outcome or the basically the outcome of the project, whatever the pl- client is looking for from you. 
And all of a sudden, all those things disappear. Like all of that, like, oh, I'm wasting time. What you think like, oh, I'm wasting time. But what really you're saying is you're losing money. Putting a price on a project, do you mean like receiving a salary? Because we have a measure that we're trying to um, separate two groups. And one group um, is asked to think about the hourly wage that they're receiving for this project. But the other group is asked, is just told that they would receive a fixed amount of pay at the end of the project. And are you getting at this kind of um, idea? Yes, with one important exception, which is that the the worker is picking the price, not the employer. So so it's so it's different. It's it's different a little bit. Um, conceptually, it's the same as a salary because you negotiate a salary. But to me, having been in that situation in the past, you don't feel like you've got very much power in that negotiation. So mm-hmm. I, I think of it more a more empowered way where you've got clients and and you have more than one client so it doesn't feel like an all or nothing proposition all or nothing um negotiation you could certainly set a price for something that the client doesn't like and you just walk away from it you'd be like well i'll find a different client um so i there from a psychological standpoint there have to imagine that there's some important distinctions between someone who works for themselves uh by the hour or not by the hour and someone who uh, is an employee who's who's being paid either hourly or a salary because I've done all of these things and to me they they all they all have felt very different again that's just anecdotal but but mm-hmm. your level of autonomy and um, I don't know just control over your your destiny or your fate or something feels it's a completely different level when you're working for yourself um, yeah so our research has mostly. Um, examined workers who are working under an employer. But to think about self-employed employees, I think the underlying mechanism might be similar. So even if they're self-employed, um, like what you said, putting a price on a project would like make all those economic value of their time disappear and like um, to basically experience the benefit of those people who are prioritizing their time over money. And yes, so I agree with your um, statement there. And I think self-employed and also employed employees might have similar outcomes. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes, uh, it's, it's wild. There's so many factors going on, but I do think that again, you know, this is just thinking back to my past and people I've spoken with as well, but, but mostly just thinking back to, you know, when I was on the clock for some menial labor type of job and the way that you just think about, oh, I just have to get through this day. It's, you're not like, it's, it's the worst of all. I think that's the worst of all the, the combination of factors, some economic and some not, uh, mm-hmm. that really make that, that, um, super tedious and and unsatisfying perhaps and then there's maybe a spectrum where you can kind of go up go up the hierarchy of like okay now i'm like you know more knowledge work but still by the hour and then maybe salaried or um they're self-employed but by the hour it's like there are lots of differences to all of those things at least there have been in my life but there's a really key underlying connection to all of them which is that trading time for money and the emotional and I got to say negative emotional effects that that puts on you. 
it's, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if you've seen the quote, it's a Ben Franklin quote, it's something like, um, yeah, I think he was the guy that said time is money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he talked about exactly the situation of, um, you know, the, the worker, whatever he called him, like the worker needs to recognize that, you know, his, um, wasn't vacation. It was leisure time. Leisure, leisure isn't free. It's costing you money. And I was like, no, <laughs> you know, I'm like, sorry, Ben, I got to disagree with you on that one. It, it, it's like, if you do think of, of time, especially in an hourly basis, if you think of time as money, time, you know, equate time with money. It's, it's really bad for your psychology. And it's also for, you know, for my audience, it's really bad for the project because you're doing things in a way where you're not doing things the most efficient way. You're not, I don't care how efficient you think you are. You will be way more efficient if you lose money by Mm -hmm. working slowly or, or if you lose, if you would gain money by working faster, Mm -hmm. you get a lot more creative and it allows you to deliver the same amount or maybe even more economic value in less time, which leaves you more time left over to be a happy human being by, you know, connecting with your family and social groups and volunteering. And, and, and maybe you like your clients too, and that's great. But I don't think you like your clients more than your kids, hopefully. So, you know, you have to imagine that the more time that you spend with these really tight, um, social relationships. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that safe assumption? The more time you spend with like really close social connections, the better you're going to feel, or is that a massive overstatement? Yeah, that's correct. But even like pleading social interactions also improve your positive mood. And so basically spending more time fostering social relationships kind of improves your well-being. Um, and I think on top of all those like positive benefits of prioritizing time over money. There's also this interesting finding about ethicality. If you um, value your money more than time and think about the economic value of your time, then because you're prioritizing like the productivity and like you become more money focused and like that promotes self-interested behaviors, mm. you become seeking like you, you seek personal goals and success and being less helpful to others, and this leads to undermined ethicality. So this was tested during a lab task, and they found that people who are primed to think about money more than time cheated more during a lab task. And wow. I think this is another interesting outcome. Wow, that's a, this is amazing. I, I would highly recommend to everybody to um, go to the show notes for this episode and find the link to uh, this paper. Again, it's called Making Seconds Count When Valuing Time Promotes Subjective Well-Being. And give it a read. It's not super long. And... Um, and it's three pages. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably more footnotes than... <laughs> uh, but it, it links to a bunch of really great information that um, you can check out on your own or uh, you'll probably be hearing from me as I drill into it because there's tons of great stuff here. All right. Well, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show, Alice. Is there some some place that folks can find you online, or do you have a website that you're putting together? Um, yes, I'm. Well, I'm just starting my PhD this year, so maybe I'll have a website soon. <laughs> okay, great. Well, I, I'm sure folks are going to be hearing more from me about you in the future. So, let me know when you get that up, and we'll link out to it. Thank you so much for having me today. <laughs> my pleasure. Thanks for coming, Alice. Yep. Thank you. 
Would you like to learn how to get paid what you're worth? How about selling your expertise and not your labor? We work through all of this together in the pricing seminar. Pre-registration starts soon, and you can sign up to be among the first to know when early bird pricing is announced at thepricingseminar.com. That URL again is thepricingseminar.com. Hope to see you there. Hey, Jonathan again. Do you have questions about how to improve your business? Things like value pricing your work instead of billing for your time, or positioning yourself as the go-to person in your space, or maybe productizing your services so you never have to have another awkward sales call or spend hours writing another custom proposal. Book a one-on-one coaching call with me and get answers to these questions and others in the time it takes you to get ready for work in the morning. Best of all, you're covered by my 100% satisfaction guarantee. If at the end of the call, you don't feel like it was worth it, just say the word and I'll refund your purchase in full. To book your one-on-one coaching call, go to jonathanstark.com call, C-A-L-L. That URL again is jonathanstark.com call. Hope to see you there.